Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is high noon on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? Yes. Right, time for all of today's top sports stories. Aaron Maloney is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch, Aaron. So the West-leading Phoenix Suns are gearing up to take on the East-leading Boston Celtics tonight. And it sounds like Chris Paul could go. Here's Chris Paul at shoot-around today. feel pretty good. Um, you know, I'm going to see how I feel after this. You know what I mean? And go from there. And just we all know the competitor that CP3 is. So just how difficult was it for him to be out? Always difficult. Uh, blessed and fortunate to play this game. And been blessed to play it for a long time with a great group of guys. So you always want to get out there and battle with them. So what is a realistic expectation for CP3 tonight if he does indeed return to the Suns starting lineup? Yeah, I don't know, like, what the minutes total would be. I want minutes. Okay, well, 34. (laughs) How's that? How many assists? I'm going to say 30 on the minutes. 30 assists. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 30 minutes. Okay, I'll say 34, and I'll go eight assists. 13 assists. I'm going 13, man. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be in a very charitable mood, I would imagine, right now. Very giving mood. Write those down. We're both going to totally forget those numbers. But uh, 34 and 8, you said 30 and 13. Look, 30 and 13. Jay Ray said it before. They probably don't want to bring him back if they have to limit his minutes, right? Right. Because then that puts a strain on everything else. So you just kind of wait till he's able to come back and beat Chris Paul. And I would assume he's going to. I would assume we're going to see Chris Paul tonight. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So again, um, yeah, from an injury perspective, you want to bring him back when he's 100%. I get that. But I'm wondering about his cardio, wondering about how that's going to go. So maybe you'll cut him back a few minutes from starter minutes, put him at 30. Although he did have that clip before where he wasn't overly committal that he was even playing. So I, I said 30, Luke. I said, put 30, him at 30. 30, no matter what, 30. How do you think this game could impact the MVP race? Because, Wolf, you've said that you think to this point, Jason Tatum has been the league MVP so far. But do you think Devin Booker could make a good case that he should be in the conversation as well tonight? These are the sort of games you got to make that case. I mean, the reality is Boston plays in Boston, right next to New York. Jason Tatum is going to get a lot more attention when he does well. And when the Suns, when Devin Booker has a bad game against Dallas, people will look and say, see, he's not even that good. We'll watch him again next year. Yeah. So if, you, if you're serious about that, yeah, this is the sort of game where you, you have to have a bounce back because of what happened the other night. And also, you've got to do it on this stage. I believe Booker's odds had dropped, I'm trying to find it right now, from 55 to 1 to 23 to 1. So people are, in fact, noticing that he's in the NBA, at least. Yeah, you know, honestly, right now with the Boston Celtics, their heritage, of course, the legend and lore of the Boston Celtics and how many championships have they won. And um, it all comes together where Jason Tatum is clearly, in my opinion, the favorite to win the MVP. That, that, That would be my vote right there based on the numbers he's put up. Um, not only that, but the fact that he's a two-way guy. Yeah, you know, I, I look at this. Will this bring the Devin Booker out of Devin Booker? 
Yeah, possibly it could do that, but I don't think so. The reason being is because D-Book is D-Book. He's going to approach every game, I think, the same way. I can't, we had K-Ray on. K-Ray was talking about that very thing. I think he's right, man. Devin Booker's just going to go out there because he knows. I just came off a bad game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who it's against. I just came off a bad game. I'm going to ball out. I think that's Book. That's who he is. Yeah, I don't think he's going to try and hit another level just because Jason Tatum's out there. I think it's going to be, i got to get back on track quickly because I had the rare bad game against Dallas. But Devin Booker playing like Devin Booker is typically good enough to be in the MVP conversation, though. The Arizona Cardinals are back from their bye week, so how is the health of their team? Here's Cliff Kingsbury giving an update on Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez. Yeah, um, I don't think either will be back this week, next week, possibly. I'd say that's the soonest that either one could be back. All right, well, what about Rondale Moore and Greg Dortch? Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, at least one of those guys will be ready. Dortch um, has made big strides, so I think he'll uh, have a chance to go. And lastly, what about Byron Murphy Jr.? I'd say he's day-to-day. Yeah, he, he's talked to him today. He said he, he's feeling better. I don't know if he'll make it in time for the game, but definitely improved. So of those players, who would you most like to see back? Uh, probably Byron Murphy. Rondale Moore would be my, my second choice. Cliff is, is uh, he clearly went to the Bill Belichick school of not telling you anything. Uh, yeah, Greg Dortch might play or he might not, and then Rondale yeah. Moore might play or he might not. Yeah. Thanks, coach. I would have to say Byron Murphy. I'd, I would have to say that. And um, we'd love to see him back right now, knowing how thin that cornerback room is. So, yeah, I'd say Byron Murphy. I, I tell you, though, it would be nice to see Rondale Moore out there because he's already missed, what, seven games in his first year and a half in the league. Like, it'd just be nice to see Rondale Moore get into some sort of rhythm at the NFL level. Just a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. Rondale Moore is 1B on my, my list. So we all know that Cliff Kingsbury actually played under Bill Belichick. So what would it mean to beat Bill Belichick? Here's Cliff. <laughs> not that Not uh, I don't say not that much, but um, it's just an honor to go against him. It's, it's really humbling. It's t- it's one of those deals where it's like you'd almost be embarrassed um, because he's such a great coach. You know, he knows so much about football. He coached every position. He's the best to ever do it. Um, so it's more just an honor to go against him and try to, you know, match wits with him, if you will, at times. Wolf? That is the one thing about it right there. I was going to say, you played under Bill Belichick. I know. Go off. The one thing that I just can't get over is the fact that he knows the assignment for every position on the field. <laughs> I, I Stop and think about that now. For anyone who's played football, I don't, I don't care what level, high school, college, whatever it was, think about that now. He could break down and tell you what every guy is supposed to do offensively and defensively on that field based on what the call is. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, next. <laughs> this guy this guy is a bonafide genius. There's no denying it. Um, I love playing for him as a player as well because he left you alone. He didn't try to motivate you. I've said this. I've talked about it many, many times before in the past. Um, Bill Belichick was a joy to play for, even though he didn't like you and didn't necessarily care. All right. Uh, this this is what blows my mind, okay? A year ago at this time, right, I, I managed to pull this up. Here were your two, uh, this was the coach of the year odds in yeah. Vegas. Belichick was the favorite. Cliff was number two. 
a year ago right now. A year ago Those right were the, now. the top two coach Whoa. of the year favorites in Vegas. Whoa. What, 13 games into the season? Luke just blew our minds, did he not? Wow. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long year. And then, it's only been a year. It's, Think it's, about yeah, that. It's it only like it's been, been a hundred years. It's like years. a decade. This is legitimately going into week 14 of last year. Bill Belichick, plus 100 to win coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury, number two at plus 350. That was it. Whoa. Number three was uh, Matt LaFleur. He's had a long year, Tell too. me you don't think of, oh, how the mighty have fallen. How long do you think he's going to coach for? Belichick or Cliff? Belichick. Oh, probably, I don't know, another 30 years. You know him. Do you um, think Tom Brady retires first or Bill Belichick? Oh, that's well, that's good right there. I well, if I they mean, made Brady, a bet amongst themselves. I wonder if they did that. Brady may retire and unretire a few times still. I, I, you know, I've wondered many times why does Bill still coach? He's he's <laughs> he's got enough money right now. Yeah, why, why is so. he still coaching he right now? You know what? I'm going to write that down. One of the one of the questions if in fact he calls in and I'll bet he does yeah. I'm just saying Perfect. I'll bet he does so, I'm writing it down Bill why are you still coaching <laughs> let's open with that and you can ask him that one when, when Bill I Belichick will. calls in uh, Bill why are you still doing this alright that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch thank you as always Aaron uh, when we come back Chris Paul it sounds like he's expected to be back tonight so what can we expect from him in his return we'll get into that next Suns Celtics it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader. Wham, bam, slam. Oh, wow. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if you needed an additional storyline for tonight's game, if you're one of those people where Sun Celtics 8 o'clock at the Footprint Center just isn't good enough for you, Wolf. It's just play. not good yeah. enough. That's not you know, facing a 20-5 and five team that has the best record in the NBA and went to the NBA Finals a year ago. No, that's not good enough. Well, here's, here's another storyline for you. It sounds like Chris Paul will be back for this one. Here's Chris Paul today. I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I'm a see how I feel after this, you know what I mean, and go from there. Yeah, look, he was he was a little less um, definitive that he's going to play, but there are reports out there that he is expected to play. Doom. So, okay. There you go. Could he have played in the Dallas Mavericks game? Well, Could he have see. played in the Mavericks game? This, this, Just this, ask this, yourself that. This is what we should do. I've got six more sound bites. You should ask questions, and I should fire them off, even if they're not the answer to your question. Okay, that's good. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> so just fire them off. Okay. Why don't you do that? Because so, so, I'd like to hear so it. Some Wolf, sound. Wolf's question. What was it again? Could you have played in the Dallas Could game? Could you have okay? played against the Mavericks? Here's Chris Paul not answering that question. No, actually. You know, and I, I had a few of them. So uh, just trying to, you know, push it. Fellas been playing so many games, I ain't really had a chance to practice and have like a real five on five. So, you know, got to see how I respond. That's kind of an answer to your question. Yeah. Did they ask you if you wanted to play in the Mavericks game, or was that something they said to you? You're not going to play in the Mavericks game, Chris. No. Here's Chris Paul saying it's difficult to not be out there. Always difficult. Blessed and fortunate to play this game, you know, and been blessed to play it for a long time with a great group of guys. So you always want to get out there and battle with them. I love this jointed interview here. Wolf asking questions that Chris Paul wasn't asked. This is really interesting right here because I don't believe there's accidents. There are no accidents in professional sports leagues, especially when you talk about James Jones and Monty Williams. 
this guy and Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to throw in Chris Paul. Oh, he's in on anything oh, this, that's happening this year. Chris Paul is 100% in on it. This is the triangle of terror, so to speak, right here. Okay, these three guys, they're actually, they're planning. Okay, they're, they're planning when Chris Paul is going to sit out and how long he's going to sit out because he's day-to-day, doggone it. He's day-to-day. And do you know how bad a contusion is on the heel? It would be bad. There's no denying that. It doesn't sound that. fun. It doesn't sound fun. But, man, um, at some point in time, can we see Chris Paul get off of day-to-day? Well, we can today. Yeah, apparently. today all against, of a sudden. the Celtics. And, and he missed, what, 14 games? 14 games. His last game was November 7th, exactly Four- a month ago. Wow, 14 games right there. So you have to wonder once again, was this a plan all along? Because I think it was. Because there are no accidents at this level. Why didn't he play against the Mavericks? Why was it here? It was the Celtics, doggone it. Well, how about this? Here's a couple quotes from Chris Paul talking about what he saw from the Suns when he wasn't out there. Because, you know, Chris Paul's had injuries before, but in terms of getting him to sit... It's it's tough to get him to sit. That's just that's been we've talked about this in years past. Is it better to maybe sit Chris Paul towards the end of the season? Well, you're not gonna sit him unless he's hurt. Now maybe this year's a little bit different. Maybe this year it's hey Chris, you were hurt, and if we had to rush you back, you would have missed six games. But we don't need to rush you back because it's November, so you're gonna sure. miss fourteen. Maybe it's that. This wouldn't be the first time that's ever happened in the NBA, and it probably makes a lot of sense actually for the Suns to do that this year. But Chris Paul did talk about what he has seen from the team while he's been out. Competing, competition. You know, we out. Cam Johnson's out. Uh, T. Craig missed a few games. And, you know, I think when you're on a team like ours, you, you think big picture. You know, guys go out there and battle the next man up. And it's nice to be on a team like that. I just feel like Chris Paul is talking about the big picture more this year than I've heard him talk about it in the past. Yeah. That's you, not the first know, time we've heard that. You quoted, though. You quoted Chris Paul. Remember earlier in the show? Yes. Off the air. Off the air, yes. Interestingly enough, it was off the air. You quoted him. What exactly did you quote him as saying? I just, and I'm paraphrasing, but I remember the off-the-court interview with Al McCoy and Tim Kempton after the win over the Rockets. So whenever that was, like late October, right? I mean, he's obviously still playing. Sure. It was one of the last games he played before he got hurt. And he did not mince words. He didn't hide the fact that they had conversations before the start of the season. How can we get this team where it's not all just Chris Paul and Devin Booker? Yes. Can take the load right. off. That was before the season even started. And so now he's missed a month, and, and they asked him, you know, okay, what did you see from the guys? Well, he said it flat out. It's it's very beneficial for some of these guys, like campaign, to play more. It's very beneficial. We've seen it from other teams all over the league from years they're gone, you know, guys get a chance to get their confidence. Uh, not the campaign needs confidence, but even playing great. Uh, Ish, Wayne Wright been in there playing well, and we, we just always had that culture and that team. Confidence is the currency of competition. It is right there. And he was interesting to hear Chris say, you know, Cam needs that confidence. Well, he's got that confidence, you know. I mean, to me, again, um, this was a plan. It was a plan. It was orchestrated by uh, James Jones, I believe. I believe Monty Williams and I believe Chris Paul in particular. Those three guys were probably in on this. And nobody's told me that, ladies and gentlemen. It's pure speculation. But if you listen to Chris Paul, if you read between the lines, this is the direction it points to. That this was going to be Chris. 
listen, we know that heel. We know that heel. It's lingering, Chris. <laughs> it's lingering, isn't it? We know that heel. You could be good to go after 10 games, but what do you say you sit down for 14? Uh, maybe it was good to go after five games, but maybe you just go ahead and you miss um, a lot more than that. You miss 14 games, as a matter of fact. You sit down and let campaign go out and get a little bit of that confidence. Let's play him starter minutes where he's out there for 32, 33 minutes in a game. Let's give campaign the opportunity to show us what it is he can do because we need to find out an awful lot about that. We need to find out how we're going to play without you, Chris. We need to find out if campaign is our answer or do we need to go look for somebody else at the trade deadline? Doesn't, I mean, it all makes sense that they went nine and five in those 14 games, too. It's not like, oh, what, four and ten. We got to get Chris back. We've got our answers and they weren't good answers. It yes. was, went nine and five campaign. He has been struggling a little bit from the field the last couple games. But for the most part, campaign looked pretty good in yes. those 14 games that Chris Paul was out. Not better than Chris Paul good, but more like two years ago where if Chris Paul had to miss two games of the Western Conference Finals, you could plug him in and win those two games. Whereas last year in the playoffs, it was pretty clear they didn't trust campaign to put him in there because Chris Paul kept playing. And whatever his ailments were, whether it was an injury or COVID or all the different speculation, he wasn't Chris Paul. And they didn't feel like they could go to somebody else. And what I like about this is... Do you think campaign knows that? Do you think campaign also understands what is going on right now and that they're putting him into the spotlight? There's a lot of pressure. It gets a little hot in the spotlight, doesn't it, Cam? And you start sweating a little bit. But he handled it well. That will give him even more confidence going forward. I think it was, I think everybody is, as you say, in on it. I think it was just a, it's, I'm not even sure it's a plan so much as a philosophy going into the season. Hey, we're going to find ways to lessen the load on Chris Paul and even maybe Devin Booker, although we haven't seen that yet. Uh, and, but it's also going to be, hey, if a guy's hurt, we won 64 games last year and yeah. it helped us right. not at all in the playoffs. We got into a game seven, which is when it's supposed to help you. And we played one of the worst games in franchise history. The 64 wins were nice, but they don't matter. That's not what we're about going into this season. Now there's still 16 and eight. They're still winning two out of every three games. But, and this isn't even speculation. Chris Paul said this after that Rockets game. We had a plan or a talk going into the season to be intentional about not pacing themselves, yeah. but using the season, using the regular season to prepare yourself for the playoffs. Doggone it. We got to find that. We got to find that cut in the audio file. And as I say it's that, from October 30th. Uh, there you go. So you so got I can find it. it during the break. Oh, no, I just I know go. when they played Houston. That's awesome because immediately Mal jumped to the mouse and ding, 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 ding. She's banging away right there on the internet. Probably already has it. Yeah, but really. unfortunately for you, we have to go to break now, so okay. you don't get to hear it. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what are you expecting to see from the Cardinals' offense over these final five games of the season? What can the offense specifically get out of the final month of the year? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh! Are you talking to me? Caller number three! Yeah, number three! Ray! Spent! 
Yeah, baby. There was a little bit of a crack right there. That's because I did the real high voice earlier in the show, and it messed me. You're not doing a lot of vocal training? Oh, my goodness. When you say crack, you mean your voice or your ribs? (laughs) Just a little bit outside right there. Uh, The reason Wolf just did that, 602-260-9870, caller number three right now. Well, all you get is tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. No big deal. We're doing it all week. There's only two days left this week, though. Can you imagine the mosh pit at that concert? Can you imagine the mosh pit that is going to form? Might want to bring a mouth guard. I'm just saying, if you're, you know, if you're in that thing, man, and you're going elbows and knees, you might want a mouth guard. What uh, what day of the week is September 1st? Can we do the show from there? That is a uh, <laughs> oh, that's a Friday. Oh, oh that crowd on a Friday night too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> There's going to be some marching and punches thrown. I'm sure. I would be disappointed if there wasn't. Uh, All right, let's get into some Cardinals football for this season, Wolf. And we've got five games left. And um, in terms of what you are hoping to see or expect to see from the offense, I I almost feel like you got to start here. The game against the Chargers, which was their last game, even though it's almost two weeks ago, that was their best rushing performance of the season. You can make a case that the first three quarters were their best first three quarters of a game all season. Can they build off that now with the Patriots coming to town in a couple days? Yeah, that is a question right there. What's very interesting to me, it all starts with scheme, of course. Um, I shouldn't say that. Actually, it starts with philosophy. It starts with belief. It starts with dogma. And then it goes to scheme. And then once it goes to scheme, now you've got to fill that scheme with Jimmy's and Joe's. People that are living, breathing, and taking the garbage out every Tuesday. I mean, this is what you've got to be able to do. Find those guys to execute the scheme. But it starts with the thought. The thought of this is what we're going to do, Luke. This is what we're going to do. Now we need to figure out how we're going to do that. Okay? And... That is going out and getting players, and because of that, it's interesting to me that you had Steve Hyden, who was acting as the offensive line coach for Sean Kugler, of mm-hmm. course, and his philosophy is a little bit different, and you could see that it was a little bit different. Now, granted, the Arizona Cardinals as, as well, they were in the game. They played very, very well. Um, should have won, won the that game. game yeah. Should have won the game, in my opinion. But they played well, and they had the luxury of running the ball and sticking with the running game. But you run for 181 yards. That wasn't by accident. No, and it's funny because when if you watched Hard Knocks last week, when they mentioned in the quarterback meeting that Hayden was going to coach the offensive line. Do you remember Colt McCoy's instant response of we're going to have a 100-yard rushing yes, game? Yes, that's right. Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy. Just, just calling stuff out before Once it again, happens. the sagacious Colt McCoy. Just sage-like. I can't, even, I can't even spell that to Google it. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, Luke, think about that. Just how smart, how wise is Colt McCoy? He instantly it's, said it. He like he, lit up. Oh, oh, we're we're going to have our first 100-yard rush. I, I know. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and this is the thing. 
Okay. When I see Colt McCoy, I'm going to ask him the question. Why, why did you say it with yeah. that kind of conviction? Why, why what, did you think what that? What happened? What, why was that the first thought that you had? Very interesting to me, but also very encouraging that they were able to run like that. Because the last time I actually saw them run the ball like that was um, September and October of 2021. I'll continue to go back to it and look at it. In particular, the first five weeks of the season. But the first seven weeks were good, even if more than that. Twelve weeks of the season. It was good. They ran the ball, and they did it with purpose and intent. I just don't know why they ever got away from it. I don't know. As I as I hear you talking, and I think back to when I pulled up those odds for NFL Coach of the Year going into Week 14 last Man. year, and Belichick and Cliff yeah. were the first two, and it's like a year ago at this time, Wolf, we're heading into Week 14, and the Arizona Cardinals are 10-2. and two. Wow. So when you talk about what has changed, it's been exactly a year in football terms. They were 10-2. and two. What has changed? It feels like everything has changed, doesn't it? Yes. Because on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, yeah, but look at the first 12 games last year. It's not that long ago. It's last season. But, man, we are getting further and further away from it every day, and it feels like each day is like a week. And here's the worst thing about it as far as I'm concerned. I believe that there is more talent offensively on this team than there was last year by far. Yeah. And yet, again, we had to wait till week 12 to actually see Hollywood Brown and D-Hop together. Yeah. We still haven't seen. And was Hollywood. Zach Ertz out there? No, he was not. You, you, I, you know, it really is incredible it, it when is. you think about it. Because I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, if they had their offense healthy, they'd be a playoff team. I will say this: if you could have just beaten Seattle, you'd be a game out of the playoffs. But whatever, <laughs> oh, I'll man. just keep saying that. But just, no, but it is sort of ridiculous that we have never seen Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz out there together. It's. Insane. Because is what it is. even if you were an injured team, There's you would no have way. seen it in week one. But we didn't see it in week one, obviously, because Hopkins was suspended. Like, what, just what would this offense look like yeah. with those four guys and your full offensive line? Yeah. And I don't mean it in the sense of, hey, they'd be a playoff team. I mean it more in the sense of, what, what would it look like? Yeah. What, <laughs> like, what are you going to do this offseason because you don't know what it would have looked like? Exactly. What would it have looked like? Um, would we have seen more of the running game? We, would we have seen more of the balanced attack because you were going to do better? You were going to have a lead. You were going to score. And because of that, maybe you would see more balance. Like Cliff likes to say, it's easy when you're ahead to run the ball and commit to running the ball. I, I just, man, it just, it's so frustrating and disappointing. It is. Well, and that's, you know, the last five weeks of the season, if they get things going offensively, that's ultimately a good thing if it's guys that are going to be here next year. But that's going to be bittersweet. Because if the offense gets going the final five weeks, you're going to be like, man, you couldn't. I'll take this. that, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> Can I just tell you right now? Sold. No, I, it's um, better than the alternative. Because if the offense doesn't get going in the last five weeks, what do you? how do you even approach this offseason? What do you do? Exactly right. What do you do, man? What a mess that will be. Because at that point, are you willing to have all of your money tied up in your quarterback DeAndre Hopkins, and eventually you're going to have to pay Hollywood Brown? I mean, can, can you do that if you don't? I think you can do that if your offense is a top-five offense in the NFL. But because guys haven't played, you don't know how good this offense can be. Can you really commit to that? That's They're going to have some tough questions to answer this offseason because they don't have all the information. They really don't. No. 
Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the biggest news around the National Football League, a very strange situation in Tennessee. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, there's plenty of NFL news. If you just want to go around the league, Wolf, and we already got into the uh, Baker Mayfield stuff earlier, but the other part of that story was the 49ers need a quarterback, right? And maybe they still do. But there is a report out there now that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to have foot surgery and he could feasibly return in seven to eight weeks. Yeah. That could change things. Yeah, he avoided the Liz Franck. Surgery, which sounds very classic. Pretty much, yeah, you're done when that happens right there. So he avoided that. But um, eight weeks, can they stay afloat for eight weeks right now? Okay, maybe it's going to be seven. Can you imagine what an effort that is going to be and what it's going to take? They need to be almost perfect. Well, they need to be almost perfect with their defense. They need to be almost perfect in regard to running the football. And they cannot turn the ball over. But Brock they, Purdy cannot do that. They are those things you just said. Their defense is playing almost perfect football in the second halves of games. They they've got Christian McCaffrey yeah, over the last five back. games. Yeah, I just it, it, let's just play this out. If it were a seven, if he comes back in seven weeks, and this is weird because nobody looks at the 49ers and is like Jimmy G's the reason they win. But if the drop off is to a third string quarterback that is a rookie that was the last pick in the draft, even if Brock Purdy's going to have an amazing career. That's a big ask right now to be on a Super Bowl contender. And never forget, every game that Brock Purdy plays is one more game closer for a defensive coordinator to completely figure yeah. him out. <laughs> that's tough, right? Because it's like every, what happens. every game he plays, he's a little less inexperienced. Yeah, that's great. But the opposing defenses are figuring are going to figure him out. So and, they, and I'm not saying Brock Purdy can't overcome that. I'm not saying he can't. But chances are the adjustment would be, okay, he sneaks up on some people, they adjust. He's got to adjust back in what? The conference championship? Exactly. That's kind of tough. So they've got five games left. So it, let's just say Jimmy G could come back seven weeks after the injury. That would be the second round of the NFC playoffs. I don't think it's inconceivable that they could win a first-round game yeah. over Washington or the Giants or Seattle with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. That's going to be really interesting to find out because you could build an argument. They're done. You also, yeah, you could you also could. build that argument. <laughs> That's why it, it's such a it's such a unique situation because again, nobody looked at that. T- this is not the Chiefs losing Patrick Mahomes. This is not Tampa losing Brady or whatever. This is not a team that's built around their quarterback. San Francisco has. Whether it was intentionally or not, minimize the impact of their quarterback more than like any other team because they're a very good team and their quarterback is just eh. But you got to have a quarterback if you're going to win the Super Bowl. If you're asking me, okay, can Brock Purdy lead this team to three and two over their last five games? They play Tampa, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, and the Cardinals. Yeah, he could. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to lead them, but he's going to be there. They go through. But if you're if you're asking me, can he be the quarterback when they win a Super Bowl? Why? Wouldn't it Wouldn't it be great? If the last game of the season, the Arizona Cardinals had the opportunity to knock the 49ers <laughs> out. Yes. I'm just saying. It would be. Since they started all this nonsense. It's true. They, they did. 
Um, all right. The Tennessee Titans. Moving on from their GM yesterday, this happens right towards the end of the show. And honestly, Wolf, I saw the story during one of the breaks, and I thought, okay, there's got to be something we we don't know. Something must have happened, right? Yeah. Because Tennessee's in first place. Tennessee had the number one seed last year. Tennessee is routinely a playoff team, and they just fired their GM going into week 14 of the season? Yeah. What? Yeah, this one I really don't understand right here. Um, you're talking about a team that's on top of the AFC South with a 7-5 and five record. And oh, by the way, the Tennessee Titans are coming off back-to-back division titles. Back-to-back division titles. And they're going to win it again this year. And oh, John Robinson, their general manager, had signed an extension with the Titans along with Mike Vrabel, in February. Just this past offseason. In February. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you put that together. Two plus two equals four. John Robinson obviously said something to the wrong person and said something very derogatory to the wrong person. Something happened right there. I don't know what that is. But this isn't performance-based, in my opinion. Even though he had seven first-round picks and only two of them are still with the team, you got to look at what have the Tennessee Titans done in terms of playoffs and playoff appearances. He said something to the wrong person, and he paid for it for his insolence. Okay, so the Titans made the playoffs last year, won the division. The Titans made the playoffs the year before, won the division. The Titans made the AFC Championship the year before that. They missed in 2018, but they made the playoffs and got to the second round in 2017. They're going to win their division this year. He's 66 and 43 as a GM of the Tennessee Titans. Yes. So it either was what you just said, he said something to the wrong person, or the other speculation out there is boy, we just watched A.J. Brown, a guy you let go, torch us. Just. I can't imagine it would be that. No. No. You're going to win the division. No. Look, this, this guy. No, this guy has been the general manager overseeing your playoff appearances. Appearances. It was inevitable the Cardinals fans would make this connection because of what you just said. This guy just got an extension. The GM and the coach just got an extension in February, and he's gone before the season even ends. Let me ask you this. If you're a Cardinals fan and you feel like the Cardinals need to move on from Steve Kime, would you feel that way if they made the playoffs the last three years and had a three-game lead for first place in the division right now? You wouldn't feel that way. No. So something is up in Tennessee. And why would you do it mid-season? That's he, the other thing. It's no, you're you're absolutely right. He said the wrong thing to the right person on the wrong day. It's it's strange. Um, there was a story on Pro Football Talk too, talking about the Odell Beckham the. The Ed Werder tweet that we had yesterday saying that the Cowboys basically weren't sure Odell would be ready. Like they were they were they were concerned that he would be healthy enough if they went out and signed him for him to make an impact this year. Um, There's a story of pro football talk and it raised a pretty interesting question of if I'm Odell Beckham, I'm not real happy that got out. What what, what are the Cowboys? Why? Why is the team leaking that they don't think he's healthy? Yeah. Um, maybe because the Dallas Cowboys want OBJ and nobody else. But once again, is any other team out there going to listen to the Dallas Cowboys? If, in fact, you're interested in OBJ, you're going to bring him in. 
You're going to bring them in yourself. You're going to sit there and have your doctor, whom you trust, examine him. You're not going to listen to the Dallas Cowboys. So that's why I think there's a little bit of validity to this. It's not just the Edward or tweet either. Here's Jerry Jones on the fan yesterday. Jerry Jones uh, usually speaks for the Cowboys. This is what he had to say. Well, I'm not confident at all. And so uh, that's the issue. Now, we all realize that uh, uh, that issue of health, that issue of availability is here every time. Uh, just this one is uh, very obvious and very pointed toward his injury that had occurred last year in the Super Bowl. So uh, we've got a good beat on that. We've got a great read on his career. It's not like a draft pick coming at you. You've got a lot of history here, and you take a good look at everything, not only the obvious, and that's his performance, but also uh, any issues regarding health. So all of this, uh, we've got to come in with our eyes wide open, and it has to be addressed, and that's when you see if you can uh, make a deal or not. Yeah, once again, you know, um, I tend to believe that OBJ isn't right. And OBJ, I think, knows that he isn't right. It's one of the reasons why he hasn't been all over the place visiting. Although, because he knows that he's not right yet. It's like you said, if, if I were, let's say I'm running the Chiefs and I want Odell and I hear right. Jerry Jones saying that, I'm not like, oh, I'm out. I'm going to bring him in if I really want him. But I'm not running the Chiefs. I'm just doing the show with you. And when I hear Jerry Jones, who owns a team that could use Odell Beckham Jr., say, I'm not sure he's right, that makes me worried that Odell Beckham's not right. Yeah, if but I, once again, I'm not going to listen to Jerry Not if Jones. I'm running a team. No, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying from our perspective, that kind of sounds like it, he would make the most sense for the Dallas. Cowboys, if they brought him in right now, if he were healthy and they signed him, that's listening to Jerry. Listen to Jarrah. There's no way in the world they're going to sign OBJ. It sure doesn't sound like it. Now, here, CD Lamb would take him. Oh, it'd be crazy for sure. Uh, I feel like yards out of the catch is, is nuts. You never know what you're going to get. And um, just being out there, you're going to have to account for both of us and not to mention MG and a lot of other guys that we have on the team. So just kind of incorporating him alongside that. I mean, it's going to be hard to double us. He's not wrong, but he also doesn't have to pay Odell if they go out and sign him and he can't play. No. So, yeah. Doesn't. He does not. That's crazy. That's some crazy news around the NFL heading into week 14. Yeah. You got anything else you want to fire off right now, man? Oh, okay. (laughs) I just didn't know. Maybe you had something else right there. I had nothing else Up against it because you like being late. That's right. I like to get there. Right now, Maloney's starting to. I love it, as a matter of fact. Exactly. There it is, right there. She's going to get. Like me, fire right. if I don't go to break. All right, uh, how does doing? tonight's Suns-Celtics showdown impact the MVP race in the NBA? We'll get into that next. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.